morning. Today's scripture reading is uh, 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 to 21. Beloved, let us love one another, for God, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar, for he does not love his brother whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. This is the word of the Lord. At any point during the month of June and July, you'll hear the reading of the Word of God there from 1 John 4 and go, haven't we heard this already? And yes, yes, we have heard this already. So there's either two ways that we can think about it when we hear it. One is we can think about it as if John is just off his block and he doesn't remember what he's written and so he's going back and writing it thinking that he's not told them this but he's going to now tell them this. That's one thing that we can think. The other thing that we can think is it must be really, really important for us to know about the love of God. And so real quickly, just to kind of summarize what we've just read and seen here, we recognize that God is the source of love, that he is the one who has created and manifest himself in love. And then the way that he shows that love is through Jesus Christ, his son. So God becomes flesh in Jesus Christ. He comes and he lives among his people. We see his glory and the truth of who he is. And then he dies on the cross for us and is resurrected. And then he sends the spirit to tell us and remind us and live in us that we are part of God. 
and we are part of his love. And the challenge then for us is to abide or to live completely within him. It's what he just said here, yet again for us. If you've not been here, I just say you can go back and listen to some of the podcasts as we've hit some of those topics over the last few weeks. But love, (laughs) that was the word that kept coming back into this. And and it could be because um, what we've seen up until this point is John saying God gives love, God manifests love, God shows love, but here he makes this great statement that we've heard before. God is love. Not that God loves, but that God is love. All throughout the story of God, as we see it revealed in the Bible, we recognize things about who God is. God is one who is merciful. God is the one who is a healer. God is one who judges with justice. God is the one who pursues righteousness and creates righteousness. He is holy. This is saying that God is all that love is. That when he shows mercy, he shows it out of love. That when he judges, he judges out of love. That when he heals, he heals out of love. That there is nothing that God does that does not spring from love. So what do we know about love? Where do we best learn about what love is and how it affects us? I would dare say we learn most about love from love songs. Now, I could have hung out in the 80s quite a bit in this and thought about foreigners singing, I want to know what love is, I want you to show me. About Tina Turner reminding us that what's love got to do with this? What's love but a secondhand emotion? But I thought that would be rude to those of us who aren't trapped in the 80s. So I went back and I looked and I saw that in 1940 we have Benny Goodman telling us to take a chance on love and Perry Como reminding us that we could be prisoners of love. In the 50s, Frankie Lyman and the teenagers asked the the pertinent question, why do fools fall in love? And Elvis Presley pleaded, Love me tender. In the 1960s, the Supreme said, we can't hurry love. And the Beatles reminded us that all you need is love. In the 1970s, Captain and Tennille reminded us that love will keep us together. Sadly, not the case for them. And Freddie Mercury and the boys from Queen astounded us by saying that crazy little thing called love. In the 1980s, Jay Giles' band, I love them so much, reminded us that love stinks. And Pat Benatar reminded us that love is a battlefield. And then the 90s, Celine Dion reminded us of the power of love. And Janet Jackson says, that's just the way love goes. When we hit the aughts, In 2010, Beyonce gave us the Queen Bee, that great anthem that I'm crazy in love. And then when she met Jay-Z, she became drunk 
in love. And the black-eyed peas cry out with all of us even today, where is the love? But is that really what love is all about? What we learn in songs and what they give to us and what they show us? Well, that's not the kind of love that's explained here. The kind of love that we see coming all throughout 1 John, the kind of love that becomes so transforming to us. Well, maybe it's best summed up by the seminal Australian group, Air Supply. As they looked and said, I'm lost in love and I'm all out of love and I want to make love out of nothing at all and you're the one that I love. In some sense, that idea that making love out of nothing at all is something that we look at and we decide that love is something that we must manufacture. Love is something that we have to work hard at. Love is something that that requires a lot from us. But John says love is God. And that He is the source of that. You see, God makes Himself known in Christ and not just in Christ alone. It says that His love is made perfect where? When those who are abiding in Him love each other. So it's really important for us, for those of us who want to abide and those of us who are abiding with God, to know what that love looks like. So the first thing that it's good for us to recognize is that this love is not about self-fulfillment. But this love, the love that is God, is about self-sacrifice. Too often, when we look at love in our lives and in our world today, we look at it as a way to make us better. To fulfill who we are. That our desires are fulfilled by love. But what we see in God, this God who is love, is the love supremely manifest is one of self-sacrifice. Because He is all of love, when He shows us what it is, He shows it completely in Jesus Christ, in His life, His death, and His resurrection. And so it's not about you being fulfilled when you are expressing love. It is about giving of yourself. That is how love is expressed. Now, the great thing is that you do get to feel fulfilled in giving of love. But that's not the end goal. That's not the thing that we're reaching out for. When we say that we walk in the love of God, it means that we seek to sacrifice. We work towards the care of others. So the first way that we see this God is love expressed to ourselves is that it is not about my self-fulfillment, but it is about self-sacrifice. The second way that we see this love working itself out for us is it is not about approval. Well, if you love me, if you love me, then you'll let me be who I am. 
If you love me, then you won't see any of my blemishes. If you love me, you will approve of me. See, the love of God is not one of approval. It is actually one of acceptance. We recognize this because it says, why did Jesus die? For the propitiation, for the the salvation, for the taking away the judgment of what? Our sins. You see, there's a recognition that there's something wrong and broken there. It's not approving of it. It's not saying there's nothing wrong or broken with you. But it's saying in, in spite of that, maybe even in fact of that, I accept you who you are. I know who you are. And so for us to walk in abiding love is not just to sit back and approve of all things that go against who God is, but it is a place for us to stand and say, I accept you. Now this is far more than the trite sort of thing that gets said, and it's not trite, it's from the heart, but it becomes trite. Well, I love the sin, but the sinner, but not the sin. No, because what we recognize first and foremost is that that's a love of self-fulfillment, not of self-sacrifice. See, because a love that says, well, I love the sinner and not the sin is one that can sit in judgment and say, see how good I am at loving. And what God says is, I don't approve of the way things are going, but I accept those that I have created and I will come and rescue them. So it's a love of acceptance that says, I'm not going to leave you where you are. Thanks be to God, because I am the worst of all. The brokenness that is in my heart is one that judges over and over again at every second of every moment, and I need God to say, I accept you. My mind wanders to places that are evil and dark. And God says, I accept you so much so that I've come to die for you and self-sacrifice for you. So it's not about our self-fulfillment. It is about our self-sacrifice. It is not about approval, but it is about acceptance. This next way that we kind of view love is best summed up by Jerry Maguire. As he's standing there on the porch looking at Renee Zellweger, and sadly I can't remember her character's name. That's not any slight on Renee and her ability to act. It's just that I don't remember her name. He looks at her and arms wide open says, You complete me. If you're single, and anybody ever says that to you, recognize where the focus is. It's not about you. It's about them. They feel they need to be completed. And you're just the one to do it. It's not about them coming to give you anything. It's about them taking things from you. Love is not about being completed. The love that God has is about being transformed. 
You see, when we walk in a place that we think love is about completing me, then we're the one that sets the agenda about what needs to take place. We're the ones that set the the criteria of what it looks like for me to be completed. But what God is saying that in my love, my love doesn't completely complete you, it transforms you. You see, you were dead, but I'll make you alive. You were lost, but I will make you found. You were orphaned, and I will now make you a son or a daughter. You were lost, and I will make you found. You had a heart that was broken and stone, and I will give you a heart that is mended and made of flesh. You see your eyes and you look only at yourself. I will cause you to see my glory and recognize all those who are around you. We see that because it says God's love is made complete in us. It cannot be made complete in us when we stay in our broken stance. We must be those who are transformed and given the Spirit of God. And so we are transformed by that. So it works itself out this way, this love of God that causes us to abide in Him. It works itself out that we walk in self-sacrificing, that we walk in acceptance of those, and we walk as those who are transformed, longing for all those that we encounter to be transformed as well. We wake up in the morning recognizing that there are things that are in my life that need to be shed, that need to be let go of, that have a hold on my heart that are not of God, that I need to allow Him to move in. And that's the case with everybody that we encounter. But it's not my job to shout at them from Twitter telling them that they need to change their life. It is my job to pursue them and know who they are because that's the other thing that this love is. This love is not one that is about receiving. This love is a love that is pursuing. Too often we stand in a place of thinking that love is about what I get. And God says, no, my love, the love that is all of who I am, is about pursuing always and forever. And it shows up in the simple acts that we have towards those who are the same and those who are different. Those who we would say are far off and those who are near. Those who don't agree with us and those who think we hung the moon. It's when we treat them all the same. When we love them with the compassion that God and the mercy that He has shown us. It reminds me of the story of the Salvation Army worker who saw someone that was homeless and down on their luck sitting right outside their little area who walks over to them and invites them in and says, I'd like you to come in. And noticing that they don't want to come into the chapel service, leans down and says, God loves you and we love you and we want the best for you. And yet still that person denies and says, I don't want to go in. And then that woman reaches out and touches her on her cheek. And she begins to cry and walks in with her and says, you told me that you love me, but it wasn't until you touched me that I believed you. John Calvin, when he's thinking about love and who God is, said this, it is a false boast 
when anyone says that he loves God, but neglects his image, which is before his eyes. You see, when we say, I love God, but we don't love those that are around us, those who are so easy to love and those who are so difficult to love, a love that is self-sacrificing and a love that wants to accept and a love that pursues and a love that pushes towards transformation. When we stand back and we don't actually move into people's lives, then it's a false boast. Love takes action. It takes movement. So for many of us here today, that starts right in our home with our families and our flatmates, our children and our grandparents, our next door neighbors. It starts there for us. So don't believe that we've got to show God's great love in this sort of grandiose way. Love the person next to you completely in the way that God shows himself to be. And in that, God's love is perfected. Let me pray for us. Father, you are good and all you do is good. We come to you and we ask for you to transform our hearts and bring us into who you are. Let us abide in you completely. We give you glory and honor and praise today. Amen. Would you stand as we respond?